We are joined now by Mr. Lights Out himself, Sean Merriman, as we work through everything that took place over the weekend in the NFL. And uh, Sean, I want to start with what was probably the biggest game, at least the one that, that I paid the most attention to, the Bucks hosting the Packers. And Tampa Bay just absolutely dominated. Was it more Tampa Bay putting it, doing everything right? Was it uh, the Packers doing everything wrong? What do you make of what you saw in the battle between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Yeah, well, it's no doubt about it. The Bucks are playing well right now. Their defense, man, I mean, it's, it's incredible. They're the most stingiest, stingiest defense in the NFL. Um, you know, they know how to turn the ball over and give their offense more opportunities. You know, that's when they won the game. And the second part of it is, you know, Aaron Rodgers did some uncharacteristic things. I mean, you know, he's, he's not one to throw those types of interceptions and make some of the decisions he made. So, you know, let's not expect to see that <laughs> again for the next four or five, uh, you know, four or five weeks. But um, it was it was definitely the Bucks defense, man. They're rocking and rolling over there. Uh, all right, so a bunch of other games going on, and so you liked what you saw out of the Bucks. What about the Patriots? What in the world is going on with uh, this team? And it's kind of crazy to expect such excellence over time. But Cam was mediocre to bad. I don't think anybody anticipated that they were going to lose this game against uh, the Broncos. What did you see of this one? Well, you know, for one, uh, you know, let's not forget that, you know, Cam is, is coming into a new system. I mean, you know, they're only a few weeks in, no offseason, still trying to get things going, man. So I don't I don't look too far into it because as soon as you count the Patriots out, next thing you know, they're, they're in a conference championship game. They have the championship game. So um, you can't count those guys out. Bill Belichick is still there. Now, what I do see, though, is, you know, some of the problems that they've had in the past, they don't have the same type of team to overcome now. You know, when they had the bad start of some rocky, uh, or some rocky situation, they've always been able to battle their way out of it. They don't have that same team to do it anymore, so that should be a little bit of concern if you're a Patriots fan. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Listen to the Lights Out podcast. It's part of the iHeart Podcast Network. Encourage you to check it out as he goes into the NFL and more. Uh, Sean Merriman, uh, they are the Lights Out podcast. All right, the Steelers were absolutely dominant over the Browns. Are the Steelers the best team in the AFC? They're undefeated. I'm going to get to the Titans in a minute. Uh, but the Steelers, absolutely dominant. We got two 5-0 and teams that are set to play. The Browns had won four in a row. Everybody wanted to buy into the fact that maybe the Browns are going to be good. What did you see in this one? Uh, for one, you know, I'm hope, hopefully uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for Devin Bush, man. That was um... – you know, it, it, it sucks, you know, being a, a guy like myself was injured and, and couldn't come back from when I see guys of that talent get injured. Um, you know, I always feel bad for them. But, two, the Steelers, man, they're the hottest, to me, in my opinion, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Um, they're so dominant on so many different levels. They can get after you up front. You know, Big, Big Ben is playing. They're running the ball, man. This is what the Steelers been. Uh, you know, in the past where it was super successful, they were able to run the ball and, and do the ground to pound. It opens up so many other things for those guys. So right now, I would say they're probably the most dangerous team in the NFL. The, uh, the Steelers, as you look forward and think about what you're seeing out of Ben Roethlisberger, does he look back to being 100% healthy to you? Or, I mean, he only threw for 160 yards. I know they had the ball kind of rolling on the ground, and they got up so early with the turnovers and everything else. They didn't really need to take uh, aggressive action, but – what percentage would you say Ben Roethlisberger is to what you have grown accustomed to seeing from him? Well, 
you know, they're winning games right now, and I think that's what's most important. So Big Ben has to go out and throw 160 yards, and, and they win like they did and, and, and come out on top, then let's keep rolling like that. I mean, look, ben, Big Ben is up there in age. You know, he's been around for a long time, so he's not going to be the same. Everyone's going to decline at some point. Um, but right now, the way they're clicking at all cylinders, you don't need him to go out and throw for 300-plus. You know, stick to what formula's working for you. It's obviously been working for them this year. So, you know, when he has to go out and make those big plays and, and those clutch, uh, you know, possessions, he'll do that. It was the most entertaining game, I think, of the entire day. I was there in person watching the Texans play against the Titans. Texans now fall to 1-5. and five. I mean, they are, the season is effectively over. But Derrick Henry goes for over 200 yards. The Titans put up over 600 yards of offense. I think they certainly have issues on the defensive side of the ball. But what did you see in the Titans-Texans game, and are you a believer in the Titans at this point? I am. Um, and, and and that guy, Derrick Henry, in the back, he, he makes anybody a believer. Uh, when you got a, a force of that nature and, and a guy who can take the ball 90-plus uh, yards and he's 240 plus pounds and, and that big and it just opens up so much when you're offense you'll start seeing brown catch balls and guys who you know are not big playmakers catching balls because they're paying so much attention to Derrick Henry in the backfield um so they're they are a to me I mean I know they've they've had a great season but they're still the sleeper that hasn't gotten the full respect of how good they are uh Mike Bray will have these guys believing they're underdogs still. You know, it's the same thing of, when he was a player, and I remember playing against him for all, all those years uh, when he was with the Patriots. Their attitude was they're the underdogs no matter what. So they're playing like underdogs right now, and they're going to be a sleeper uh, when it comes time here to playoffs. You played, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball and had to make your reads. The Titans win with Derrick Henry on third and five, putting him in the Wildcat in overtime. He comes off the left tackle, scores. You're lined up on defense, and you see that scenario. What in your mind are the checks? I know they've run the play where Derrick Henry has passed it before, but when you are playing where you are, you're like, man, if Derrick Henry's going to throw the ball, I'll take that. You know, like, I mean, if it, how do you read that play? Did the Texans do what they should have? I mean, obviously Derrick Henry scored, but on the defensive side of the ball in a situation like that, what are you thinking? Put us in that mindset. Well, you know, for one, you never want to overlook – you know, him possibly throwing the ball. I mean, he, we, we had plays designed up for LaDainian Thomas, and he'd go and take and, and, and throw the ball all the time out the backfield, so that's not impossible. Uh, but you can live with those, like you just said. Look, Derrick Henry's a huge man, all right? So when he lines up in that Wildcat, he doesn't have that far to go. And him being uh, patient as he was in that play, um, you know, it's hard to stop. You know, they only needed a couple yards, so it, it was hard to stop and. Look, man, they, they're doing something special over there. Uh, they put together a formula to win. Uh, they're playing like a, a championship-caliber team who playing, you know, great defense and running the ball. And that's just a recipe for success, and that's what's going to carry this team uh, late in the season. Derrick Henry stays – if he stays healthy because he's touching the ball a lot, they're going to be a problem for anybody down the road. So – is that a little bit like an offensive coordinator feeling himself? You know, Arthur Smith, they got whatever it is, 597 yards or whatever, 596 if I'm doing the math right at that point in time. That's a pretty cocky play call, it seems to me. Third and five, you got a quarterback who's been playing really well, and you take him out, put him out wide, and go ahead and say, hey, we're going to roll with Henry here. 
is that just where you feel like almost everything you've got rolling with the offense is going to work? I mean, because that's uh, when I saw it. So I'm, I'm there watching it live, Sean. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, Ryan Tannehill's got four touchdown passes already, and he's traditionally been really good in red zone scenarios. So when I saw they were going direct snap to Derrick Henry, my first thought was, okay, they're going to make a decision to go for it on fourth down here and go for the win, and they think they're going to get three or four yards with Henry out of the wildcat. Maybe they score, but it's a pretty aggressive call, don't you think? You know, my, my former coach, Marty, Marty Schottenheimer, once told me, and his philosophy was, it doesn't matter what you know what we're going to do, it's can you stop it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's what I've seen on that play. It, it wasn't no one in the building, I believe, that uh, that Derrick Henry was going to get the ball. And it wasn't going to be some, uh, you know, magical play. He was getting the ball and basically saying, stop it. And that's what confidence level that this team is playing with right now, and that's why they're scary. How hard is it to tackle somebody like Derrick Henry? You know, um, when I first got into the NFL, uh, my welcome to the NFL thing was uh, tackling Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Right? And, I, you know, for the first time I seen somebody that was that big. Now, he was big the other way around. But, you know, he was still, what, 260 or 270 pounds. And at that point, I was like, you know what, this is a different breed. The NFL, we haven't seen anything like Derrick Henry. Nothing. I don't, you know, there's been some big backs in the, in, back in the day and some guys, but but in order to be that big and take the ball 90-plus yards the way he do, um, stiff-arming guys and doing the things that he's done this season, this, in the past seasons, we haven't seen anything like this. There's nobody that you can really compare him to. You always like to say, you know, this guy reminds you of that guy, that guy reminds you of this guy. We haven't seen a Derrick Henry before in the NFL. We're talking to Sean Merriman. So I- – I'm curious in general, and I appreciate you coming on. Go, go listen to the Lights Out podcast as we're breaking down the NFL. When you go back and watch film, so this was a Tuesday game, uh, the Bills-Titans game, and Derrick Henry basically just took Josh Norman, who was and has been a really good NFL player, and gave him that stiff arm and you know basically just threw him. I mean, I mean it was an unbelievable play. What happens when you're watching film? And that play comes on. What do the guys do in the uh, in the film study when Josh Norman gets tossed like that? Do people laugh? Do people try to keep straight faces? I mean, like I'm just kind of curious what that uh, what that response is like. In, does does Josh Norman just make a joke and just be like, man, you know? I mean, like what what have you seen when a play like that happens against your defense, and then you go back and you have to watch it on film? You know, nothing is off limits in the locker room. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, and when you get in the team meeting rooms, and, and if you got the, the veteran leaders and, and you have a really good group of guys, they play that over and over and over again. The guys laugh and they point and joke. I mean, the good teams do that. Now, the bad yeah. teams, because, you know, the bad teams don't do it because they can't. Um, you know, they're not in a, a, a great locker room uh, environment. They don't have great leaders. But, the, you know, great teams will be able to, go in a team meeting room and turn that film on and watch it over and over again. It'll be hilarious. (laughs) What would you say if you were Josh Norman? Would you try to come up with a joke to try to like own it before people can start making jokes at your expense? Or how do you handle it? I bet you never got tossed like that on a stiff arm, but I'm sure at some point in time you like have a play. And I'm sure, I guarantee you, and I, I haven't seen a quote from him, but I guarantee you the first thing Josh Norman thought 
when he was on when he was on the ground after that play was one I don't want to check my mentions on social and two this is going to look so bad on film is that kind of the thought process if you're a player and something like that happens no absolutely and I'll, and I'll tell you this um you know back in 2008 when I got lit up by Maurice Jones Drew he caught me and I wasn't looking he blindsided me but he laid you know put me in my butt Yep. I just knew on the team bus, on the way to the facility the next day, that everybody was going to give me crap, right? Because I'm the main one. I go back yep. and I rewind the film and I put it up and I make, you know, I get on guys. So when I got mine, I, I knew mine was coming. So like I said, the great teams, uh, they do these things because it's it's a brotherhood and there. You understand that, you know, that's how guys are. But uh, I would have looked up at every meme and everything I could get my hands on with Josh Norman. <laughs> I would have made sure that it was in that team meeting room the next day. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Um, you know, we're several games in now, uh, into the season. And we're not quite to the halfway point, but a lot of guys have got, you know, five, six games in pretty much everywhere. What has stood out to you the most about what has been a thoroughly abnormal season, right? There's nothing at all with COVID going on that makes 2020 feel normal. You know, I said I went to the game. You know, there's 10,000 people there. That means there's 60,000-plus empty seats all around us. I went to game Tuesday. I went to the game Sunday. I was glad that I did. But you definitely, it's you know, you've got masks on, everything else. What has stood out to you the most, maybe that has surprised you, with everybody now having played five or six games with through NFL Week 6? Um, outside of the injuries, that's, that's number one. I think that's yeah. obvious. But two, there's a lot of bad defenses right now. I mean, what, what do you attribute defenses. that to? Well, you know, I've seen a couple of the Dallas Cowboys players uh, on the decent side of the ball come out a few weeks ago and say it was too complex. Yep. Playbook was. And when I looked at that, I, and the first thing that came to my mind, and I had uh, Wade Phillips on on the Lights Out podcast because, you know, Wade, for some odd, crazy reason, he doesn't have a job right now. Uh, but, you know, you look at these bad defenses, and there was no offseason. And yep. so if you have these huge playbooks, and you're trying to download all this stuff into guys, and they're not out playing fast, um, you're going to have a lot of misassignments, a lot of blown coverages. You know, you have to simplify things enough where guys can go out and play football. Uh, and knowing that this offseason wasn't normal like it has in the past, we have OTAs, we have certain mini camps, and you can get together as a team. You know, a, a really good defensive coordinator is going to trim that playbook down until we feel, feel comfortable and fast to go out and play football. Do you expect that the defenses will catch up some with the offenses in the final 12 weeks of the regular season or thereabouts? Or do you think the advantage, 10 weeks, I guess, of the regular season, or do you think the advantage is so pronounced for offense that they're going to accelerate into the turn? No, I think it'll catch up. I think it'll catch up. And I know you got the, uh, we have the rule changes that obviously helps out the offense, in my opinion, and a whole lot more than the defense. Uh, but you got to understand, we didn't. there was no preseason, right? So if you're yep. looking – um, everything, especially when you're talking about football, it's about preparation and being able to see the preseason games and knowing guys' roster and being able to find out, uh, you know, the the good and bad things off a of player or formation. You didn't have any of that, so you're kind of starting the season off trying to figure out what these teams are doing, um, and so it, it'll it'll catch up. I think it, it you know somewhere in the middle of the season, which we're approaching, and, and towards the end of the season, the defenses uh, should be catching up to the offense. Last question for you, and I appreciate you, appreciate you, Sean Merriman. You go listen to the Lights Out podcast. Just had Wade Phillips on. I'm sure that is a fascinating listen. Dwayne Haskins, 
I feel like this whole story with the Washington now, they're the foot, Washington football team, has been so abnormal about the way that Dwayne Haskins lost his job. Used to be you brought along quarterbacks for a long time, but we saw with Josh Rosen, that doesn't happen anymore. And so, in general, what do you think the situation is? Like, what's going on there? It seems incredibly abnormal in general. Well, uh, you know, so Ron Rivera, he was my defensive coordinator with the Chargers, right? And um, yeah. I had a great relationship with him, a great coach, great person all the way around. Um, but in my opinion, if someone's not your guy, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, Dwayne Haskins can't play, but if it doesn't go into a system and you don't think a guy's ready to play and he's your top draft pick, you're, you're going to move really quickly because, you know, coaches' jobs now, you're in the hot seat if the team doesn't play well. So you got to make a decision, even though I do believe that it was too, it was prematurely. Uh, if you look at his numbers um, and, and what he's done since, he, since he's played, they match up with, you know, some of, some great quarterbacks who started off slow or started off rocky. It happens all the time, and I think that it was too premature for them to make that move. Appreciate the time, my man. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, you got it, man. Thanks again.